Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Well, today's an exciting day for us at Grace. We've been praying about a community service for the application of evangelism for over two years now. And that Sunday is this Sunday. This means that we will be outside again under the tents and we'll also be having a community meal immediately following today's service. Thanks for joining us today where we will see the culmination of our evangelism series that's designed to make disciples. I, I don't have a lot of memories from when I was really small, but I have a few that really stand out in my mind. Um, one that I'm not even sure if my mom recalls. She's a little nervous, I see, as I'm starting with a memory. Um, I think I might have been around age three or four. I know this was very soon after my sister was born. And the tradition that we had in our family was uh, right after uh, Sunday worship, uh, we would go grocery shopping. That was, that was kind of a tradition. We were in town anyways, so it made good sense. And this was, uh, this was at the old Econo Foods, if some of you remember that from years ago. I remember that I was following my parents and for whatever reason had kind of let my mind wander until I realized in, in great panic, I wasn't actually following my parents. I was following some other family through Econos. Uh, I, do, I really do remember that moment feeling like, oh my goodness, where... Where's my family? And as I looked around as a small child, I didn't, I didn't see him anywhere. They were gone. Now, before that awareness uh, came to be, I was fully confident I was headed the right direction. I thought I was following the right person, but when in fact, I actually was following somebody who didn't even know me. Now, I suspect that my parents had an eye on wherever I was at that moment. But it brings up for me a, a truth that I think is so critical for us today. And it's a question of having to ask ourselves, who are you following? Who are you ascribing for your own framework of thinking in this life? You know, people follow all kinds of different things. Some, some people follow sports teams, right? I'm sure sure people here do, right? Um, maybe Twitter accounts, you have followers. I know a bunch of you youpers are all about Twitter, right? That's, that's a big thing. Or what about politicians? Certain news channels? What, what is it that you are using and relying on for shaping the framework of how you think? At the very end of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus gives one final commission to his disciples. You guys remember what it is? I see a couple of heads nodding here. They remember it. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, and therefore I tell you, go make what? Go make disciples. Go make disciples. We're, we're going to examine that this morning. If you have your Bibles, I, I want to invite you to turn with me to Matthew's Gospel. Uh, the subject for our time here this morning is going to be answering the question, how is discipleship the correct form of evangelism? Uh, if you're just uh, for the first time uh, coming here to Grace, uh, we've been in a, uh, what was like a nine-week series studying evangelism, and uh, this week is most critical. Uh, this week is one where we're really tying it together for the rubber to meet the road, looking specifically at the question of asking who do you follow? And in examining who you follow, 
What we will find is that in reading this text of the very first calling of the disciples, to which then they're called to go make more disciples, what you and I are going to see is that following Jesus is completely different than every other kind of following that we do in our world today. Following Jesus is not like following a politician. Following Jesus is not like following somebody online or on Facebook or on Twitter. Following Jesus is nothing like following your favorite sports team. So in order for us to figure out what does it mean to follow Jesus, we have to examine this text. So Matthew chapter 4. If you found it, say amen. I heard two amens. Come on. I, I, so we, look, we got the logging trucks. We got the lawnmowers. We got it all, folks. So hopefully you can hear me. Give me a loud amen if you still hear me. Okay, good. Matthew chapter 4. Look with me. I'm going to start reading in verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers. Simon, called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Did I get an amen on that from anybody? Amen. Verse 19. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. All right, that's that's it for this morning. Uh, it's, It's just a few verses. But if we look carefully into these verses, we're going to find some very important observations that you and I learn how to build our understanding of what does it mean to be a disciple, therefore what does it mean to follow Jesus. You're going to have a lot of counterfeit options in our world today for what is offered as Christianity. Some people think that the church is a building. Well, we proved them wrong this morning, right? We're not even in the building. And look, we still have church. Some people think that it's also a service, and it's truly not just a service because as soon as we stop singing and reading here this morning, church continues. You know, the church is actually a people who follow Jesus. That's the church. Not a Jesus of our own making. Not a Jesus that the culture would like to define for us. But the one true resurrected Jesus that's revealed to you and I and his church through the last 2,000 years in the Holy Scriptures. That's what the church is. And so I invite you, if you look at your uh, sermon notes, you'll see as I'm going to follow the outline there, that the very first observation that we see in this text when it comes to following Jesus is it means you leave your old life behind. That's what it means. James, John, Simon, Peter, they were hoping to catch what? 
They were hoping to catch some fish. Instead, they caught a completely new life. And I don't know if you caught this in the text, but as soon as Jesus said, follow me, did you see what they did? Yeah, Jesus, we'll get to you. We'll get to it in a minute. We got to finish this up. We got, we got a spot all picked out. We already packed donuts and sandwiches for the day, right? So we'll, once we get through fishing, then we'll... Is that what they say? They drop everything and they follow Jesus. And I, I want to give you the reason why. Do you know why? It's because Jesus is the king. Can I say that again? I didn't hear a single amen on that. The reason why they drop everything immediately is because Jesus is the king. Amen. We read a passage already this morning. You heard it from Peggy out of the book of Revelation. There is, at the very end of all things, a conflict that happens. And in that conflict, the, those who follow the glory of man come against the Lamb. This is what it says in Revelation chapter 17. I'll just read it again, what Peggy read. They will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will overcome. Because... He is Lord of lords and King of kings. That is why when Jesus says, hey, follow me, you drop everything. You follow him. He is in charge. He rules in the heavens. He is seated on this throne. All authority belongs to him. Now, in my house, all authority belongs to me. And you tell me if this ever happened to you. I'm talking to my kids, right? And I say, all right, kids, time to turn the TV off and pick up your toys. And what do they say? They said they don't even say anything. They're just watching TV. Now, how, how do you think I feel about that? Am I cool with that? No, because who's the king in my house? Who's the, I'm the king in my house, right? So I say, hey, turn now, turn it off. Let's go. And they say, okay, Dad, in a minute. Is that, is that what I want to hear? I want them to follow me when? Right now. And it's because I'm in charge. Hear me now. This house that you're in right now, who's the king here? Jesus. Jesus is the king. And so there, there's no version. Hear me clearly. There's no version of following Jesus on your time frame. doesn't exist. That, that doesn't, it means you're not following Jesus. In the very same way that I understand my children are not following me when they tell me in a minute, they're not following me. And so this is the first thing that we need to recognize within this passage. Following Jesus means that you leave your old life behind and it's because Jesus is the king. Number two, to follow Jesus means a complete trust in Jesus. This one's huge. This one's really huge. Because following Jesus is going to cost you. I'm not sure everybody heard me on that. i got to repeat it again. Following Jesus is going to cost you. Not only will it cost you your, own, your old life, whatever that was, it will cost you whatever ideologies, desires, values that have been framed through this world's conformity. Jesus is going to ask you to lay those down and instead trust him. One of the big um, hurdles, I think, for some people when it comes to following Jesus is they have all these other questions about God. 
right? You, if, you, if you hear the invitation, follow Jesus, well, then it's like, well, yeah, but how do you explain all of the bad things that go on in this world? I just don't, I don't know if I can follow Jesus because I still see evil and sin in the world. Or what about the way whatever wars are happening or diseases are plaguing people? You, you know, I, I just don't know the answer to those. And so I have this, like, hurdle between my obedience to follow him that's relying on an issue of trust. When Jesus calls Simon, Peter, and Andrew, he asks them to leave their boats. Now, think with me for a moment on this. These guys weren't fishermen for fun, right? Like us, right? They weren't out on their day off going fishing. Why were they fishing? That was their job. Right? That, that was how they fed their family. Like, th- this is entirely the livelihood that they for years had been building. And Jesus says, leave it behind? That means they're going to have to trust who? They're, they're going to have to trust Jesus. I mean, they're really good at fishing. They're not really trained well at following. Hear me. You know what it means to follow Jesus? It means to learn to put a complete and a full trust in Jesus. Here's why you can do that. Can I give you a really important reason why you can trust him? You ready? It's because he's alive right now. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. The grave is empty. And so what that means for you is you're not following a dead Jesus. You're not not following an ideology of an ancient church or tradition. You're following a risen, living Son of God. That's why you can trust Him. The the disciples here, when Jesus says, follow me, uh, Jesus doesn't ask them to fill out an application, right? There's no question if the 401k is there, like what's our salary, how much are we going to be making, following you. None of that is available. It's a complete trust that now I am going to let go of my livelihood I'm going to ask that Jesus be the one, that God be the one that provides for me. So that's what it means to follow Jesus. When I was um, in college, I went, um, they had these little excursion classes that were in, in addition to the normal curriculum that you could sign up for. One of them that you could sign up was for rock climbing. Has anyone ever been rock, rock climbing? A couple of hands went up. Yeah, here's the, here's the scary thing if you've never been rock climbing. They, they take you up to a cliff so you feel like you have to pee your pants and then they put this harness on you like it wraps all around you and now now you're both scared and have to go to the bathroom and are wearing a harness and then you know what they have you do? They have you put all of your trust in a rope and you lean backwards off the cliff! I, re- I remember the, the first time I had to do that. Some of, some of you maybe remember rock climbing and that moment of, all right, this is it. Like, hopefully that, that, that thing is tied off properly because all of my weight, all of my trust is now in the rope. That's what James and John had. That's what Peter and Andrew had. That's what it means for you. To follow Jesus means you do not have a backup plan. There, there, there's no if this doesn't work out. To to follow Jesus means to put a complete trust 
in Jesus. And for the disciples, that meant letting go of their livelihood, trusting that God was going to provide. Number three, to follow Jesus means you have to change what you treasure. This one's a pretty tough one for a, for a lot of people. In fact, it's not only hard for today in a very rich culture like ourselves, because we are, it was hard back then too. In fact, there's a story that we're given in Matthew's Gospel, chapter uh, 19, where there, a, a certain uh, very rich young ruler came to Jesus. Some of you know this story, right? And he asked the question, Teacher, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Just tell me the list. What are the things that I need to do to go to heaven? And Jesus says, well, you know the law. You've read it. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't lie. Right? He, he goes down the list of things that, frankly, nobody does. But you know what this guy says? He says, I've done all those things. And Jesus then says, but one thing you lack. Sell all your stuff. Give your money to the poor. And then follow me. Uh, Amazing. The exact same command that was given to Peter, given to Andrew, given to James and John, the same invitation given to the rich guy. But do you know what happens in the story? Matthew says that the rich young guy hung his head in sorrow because he had a lot of money. What do you have? What, what, What are the things that you aren't willing to risk for God? Because those will be the exact things that God says, you need to lay them down. You need to trade your treasures. These things that we get here and now are going to rust and break. Verizon is going to tell you to new phone, right? It's going to, there's going to be constant upgrades. You, you're going to have people want to steal your stuff. None of it lasts. Only faith in Jesus Christ will will garner for you eternal treasure and eternal reward. Now, I want to make sure that you and I see this from the passage that we read. And, and I, don't, I don't want you to miss it, because if you, if you go back with me into the, in the, the Bible, look with me back in Matthew chapter 4 once more, because with the calling of James and John, it says that James and John were actually fishing with somebody. Did you catch who it was? I'm not worried at all. It's okay. I'm still waiting for an answer on this one. Who were James and John fishing with? Their father. What's his name, Olivia? Sounds like a sneeze. Zebedee. Excuse you. Do you know Do you know what it meant for two boys to be fishing with their fathers? Do you know what that meant? It meant someday... When Zebedee was too old to go out into the boat, who was going to inherit the fleet? James and John. That was their inheritance. Let me tell you guys something. That's a pretty wealthy inheritance. Simon, Peter, they had their own little ragtag group of boats and friends and buddies to fish with. But the Zebedee family? The Zebedee family had a fleet of shipping vessels. And who was going to inherit that treasure when Zebedee died? It was James and it was John. And and yet Jesus tells them, follow me. Hear, Hear me clearly on this one. If you are not prepared to change your treasure, you are not prepared to follow Jesus. Because following Jesus is not like following a politician or a sports team. 
To follow Jesus means that you change what you treasure. Number four, you guys still with me here? Thank you to my helpers. Keep us from blowing away. Number four, to follow Jesus means dismissing convenience. <laughs> you, you, you know, God's going to ask you to do something right when it's most inconvenient. Did I get any amens on that one? I was, I was talking with a friend this morning just walking in, and she was saying on how everything is falling on this weekend and next weekend, and yet God is asking more of her. You know, that's what God does. God doesn't say, follow me when it's good for you. He doesn't say that. In fact, look with me back into the passage again. What was it that, this is in verse 20, 21, what was it that James and John were doing when Jesus called them? Right at the very end of verse 21. Did you catch what it was? Preparing what? They, they were preparing their nets. I'm telling you, this is like you, you got the truck packed. You got the boat lined up. You're like, we're, we're offloading the boat right now and you want us to do what? I, I want to make sure that you hear me this morning. There's no version of following Jesus that says, just let me wait till it's convenient for me. In fact, that's one of the most common excuses I heard when I worked as a missionary. We talk about following Jesus, and routinely the teenagers would say, I'm going to wait until I get older. I, I mean, I, I like Jesus, but just not right now. There's still things I want to do. There's another passage that we're given. This is in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 9. Listen closely to the Gospel message here. It says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to them, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury the dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. That doesn't sound that unreasonable, does it? But listen to Jesus' words. Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I want to make sure we see this, you guys. Because in the calling of James and John, Andrew and Peter, it wasn't just leaving their life behind. It wasn't just changing what they treasure. It was also infringing upon their convenience. They had other plans. But do you know what it means to follow Jesus? It means to put those plans aside and be ready to go at a moment's notice. There's a lot of excuses not to go to church. I wonder how many of these you've tried out. Uh, church is too long. Yeah, okay. Uh, how about uh, how about this one? I'm too busy. I'm just, I'm too busy today. Too too. I'm too tired. Oh, too tired. Have you tried that one out? Right. How about how about this one? I don't like those people at that church. Or this one. This is one I hear a lot. I just haven't found the right church yet. We're still church shopping. I've heard that one quite a bit. It's a good excuse for why people don't go to church. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offend some people on this one. Y'all ready for this? All right, here we go. It's deer season. <laughs> Trout season. Walleye season. Turkey season. Pheasant season. Gopher season. It's always some season. Listen to me. 
There's a never-ending set of excuses for you not to go to church. You're always going to find one. Imagine if that was the message that was heard when Jesus said, Hey, come, follow me. Ah, it's just a bad, it's just a bad time. It's not a good time for me, Jesus. Listen, you know what it means to follow Jesus? It means you have to dismiss convenience. Number number five. To follow Jesus means to have your life repurposed. This is a good one for some of us here, right? I, I, I don't know how you have lived your life for how many decades or years and have just found, you know, I feel like there's something missing. I would really love to have a more God-given purpose in my life. I got good news for you. Do you know what it means to follow Jesus? It means to have your life repurposed. In fact, look with me back into the passage again. Verse 19, Jesus says, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of muskie. Is that what it says? No. Not fish anymore. Not fish anymore. These guys love to fish, but you know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to use them. He's going to use their talents in a new way to glorify him. This is what it means to follow Jesus. It means to take the life that you thought you were in charge of. To take the years. I don't know how many you have left. But to take the little time that you have and to have it repurposed for God's glory. Um, it was this last uh, last fall, I coached my son's 7th and 8th grade football team. And, uh, and we had this one kid who we had playing as... Um, a wide receiver. He wasn't a good wide receiver. I had a running play where I needed a blocker, so I changed I, I changed him uh, from receiver to tight end. And I, I called the play in, right? I'm the coach. I'm the authority. I call the play in. But he didn't want to play tight end. He wanted to play a receiver. So so he did what he wanted. Guess how that guess how that play worked for blocking on that play? It's pretty pretty terrible. Pretty terrible play. Why? Well, it's because the coach wanted to repurpose you for a different plan. What about your life? What about your plans? Do you know what it means to follow Jesus? It means to have your life now repurposed for a different plan. His plan, which I got to tell you folks, is way better than how you're, how you're doing. <laughs> His plan is always going to be that which keeps eternity in mind and you and I are continually going to be fumbling over that so what does it mean to follow Jesus it means to have your life repurposed he tells he tells the disciples I will make you no longer fishers of fish I'm going to make you fishers of men all right number six last one you guys have done a great job following this morning to follow Jesus means this is an important one to be given a second chance now now be honest with me this morning guys does anyone here need a second chance? I, I think if we're honest with, with hands raised, you, what you really mean is a third and a fourth and a, and a fifth, right? Amen, right? Do you know what it means to follow Jesus? It means he, he gives you that. He gives you another chance. And in order for us to, to understand this truth, we're not going to catch it from this passage. We actually have to turn to another place. So I, I see some Bibles out. I, we're just going to turn to one other verse here. Uh, go with me to John chapter 21. So this is at the end of the Gospels. It's at the end of John's Gospel. John chapter 21. 
And as you're turning there, uh, we're, we're going to pick up the story in verses 15 through 19. But I'm going to give you a little of the background while you're turning there. So this is after Jesus' death. And something happened just before Jesus goes and is arrested. He's with his disciples. And Peter says, Lord, I'm going to follow you anywhere you go. Even if everybody else falls away, Peter says, I won't. And then guess what happens? Jesus gets arrested and the crowd starts gathering around Peter and, and with Jesus on trial getting beat up, they look to Peter and they say, hey man, you were with them, weren't you? How are you still free? You need to be arrested too. And do you know what Peter says? I don't, I don't know that guy. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Three times, you guys. Three times Peter says, I don't know Jesus. After he just got done saying, I'll follow you anywhere. Now I'm sure we don't have any Peters in church today, do we? It's never happened to you in your life where you said, yeah, I love Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. But when it came to sacrifice convenience, when it came to sacrifice treasure, when it came time to repurpose your life, maybe you, like Peter, said, "Ah, Jesus who? I don't know who you're talking about. Look with me in John chapter 21 because I want you to see how following Jesus means you and I are given a second chance. John 21, verse 15. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And and then Jesus is going to say something that's a little more troubling. He's going to tell Peter about the kind of death that he's going to suffer and in doing so glorify God. This is verse 18. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. Someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Man, you guys, that is really good news for us today. I don't think there's a single person here who can say, chalk up the mark on my account. I've never done what Peter did. I've been faithful every year of my life. Listen, I got good news for you. First of all, you're lying. And God knows it. But second of all, do you know what it means to follow Jesus? It means to be given a second chance. Here's my hope. For some of you here today, I'm hoping today is your second chance. I'm, I'm hoping, I am praying that there is a journey in your life of having loved God and tripped over your own feet from time to time, but that the Spirit of God never gave up on you and that He's calling out to you right now that you hear once more for a second time the invitation, hey, you, follow me. So, how do we do that? That's the, that's the answer that I want. A question I want to answer as we wrap things up this morning. In your sermon notes, this falls under the heading application. And as we look to how we do this, how we actually learn to follow biblically after Jesus, I'm reminded once more of losing track of my mom in, in Econo Foods. Because as a little kid, do you know what I did? 
the very first thing I did when I realized I was following the wrong person, do you know what I did? I stopped. That's the first, that's the first thing I did. I, I remember f- freezing right there in the, the produce aisle with, um, I, I think there were like cheeses over in this area. I stopped. There, there's a biblical word for stopping one direction and turning to a different direction. The, the word that the scriptures give us is repent. That's what you need to do. If for you this morning is a second chance, if for, for you this morning is a, you know what, I, I need to get serious with following God because I've been following a lot of other people, I need to be following Jesus, then let me encourage you, step number one, stop following the wrong people. Stop. Repent. I have uh, listed for you um, what that means. It means to intentionally turn away from a pattern of sinful living. That's what it means to repent. I know, I'm no longer going to fill my life and heart with the desires that flow from me or this world or the devil. I'm going to turn and repent. So that's easy to remember, right? Stop. Uh, I, I wanted to make this as easy to remember as I could. And so when I was in school, one of the other things they taught us is that if you're on fire, you know what you're supposed to do? Stop, drop, and, and roll. So, so uh, step number two that I have for you in applying what it means to follow Jesus is to drop. So step number one, stop. Step number two, drop. And we're actually given a picture of this in a different gospel when it comes to calling the disciples. If, if you looked in, in Luke's gospel in chapter five, you'd find the exact same story of Jesus calling Simon Peter, but Luke includes a response from Peter. I want to read it to you. As soon as Peter realizes who Jesus is, Peter says to Jesus, you you need to get away from me, God, for I am a sinner. That's what Peter says. Do you know what that is? That's the moment you drop to your knees and you learn, here's the biblical word, you confess your sins. Do you know what it means to confess? It means to say about your sin what God says about your sin. It's not a whoopsie daisy, oops, I guess I got caught sinning, or I didn't mean it, or you don't know the whole story, or, or who are you to judge? None of that is confession. Confession is when we say what God says about our sins. And do you know the very best place to do it? Do you know the very best posture to do it? I'll show you. I don't have a mic. This is what it looks like. It looks like getting humble. It looks like getting low. And so for you this morning, if this is a second chance moment in your life, number one, stop. That means repent. Number two, drop. That means confess. And then number three, follow Jesus. I, I, I'm going to tune in my ra- the radio of my heart to the right source. I'm, I'm going to start listening to His Word as nutrients, like bread for my soul. That's what it means to follow Jesus. I, I wrote in your sermon notes uh, as well another description of it. It means to seek God's direction, His will, his mind and his purpose for your life and in so doing 
desire to worship and glorify Him. Church, I want to thank you for paying close attention on this windy outdoor morning. For, for many of us, we are filled with counterfeits of what it means to follow. I, I want you to know n- none of that is right. Well, whatever you think following Jesus means as defined by the world's version of following, it's not true. Jesus is going to ask for all of you. And in you yielding up, surrendering, dying to yourself, all of you to Jesus, do you know what he's going to do? He's going to give you all of himself. And I want you to know, church, there's no better exchange that you can make in this life. Don't let another day go by where you have falsely thought, I am following Jesus when in fact you're not. Let's get it right. Let's get it right today. What do you say?